Over the That's Good Sports podcast, I'm Brandon Perna here with Will Keys, all the way from Sacramento, California, or right, Sacramento? You got it. So my my uh, my friend Drew Lynch just did some stand-up comedy in Sacramento. Uh, I should have gone, gone and seen him. You should have. I didn't know he was going to be there. I would have told you. Mm. Um, this is the That's Good Sports podcast. Uh, today, we're talking, like usual, half of this podcast about the Broncos and the second half about the NFL. And there's actually there's football news happening. There's real shit to talk about. Will and I started doing this in June through July. Basically, we made it through the dry months to prove that we could make it through the, the wet months. And uh, today, for Broncos, we've, we're going to talk a little bit about training camp, Case Keenum, uh, Cortland Sutton, the wide receiver, uh, and uh, what basically kind of what we expect, you know, from the team based on ridiculous uh, practice takes. And then for NFL news, we've got Eric Decker signing with the Patriots. The Hall of Fame game is coming up tonight. Uh, Baker Mayfield, Tyrod Taylor's uh, RV. And uh, some thoughts on the Hall of Fame uh, inductees, you know, maybe Sands Terrell Owens. Definitely Sands Terrell Owens. The, the Hall of Fame said they're not even going to they're not even going to acknowledge him. So we'll get into that. And you can listen to this podcast, like I say, every episode on iTunes, on Podbean. There's a link in the description if you want to listen to it like a real podcast. We do them every Thursday. They're here on the That's Good Broncos channel as well if you like to look at our stupid faces. But please download uh, the link, subscribe to whatever the fuck you do for podcasts, and rate it on iTunes. Everybody's been doing a great job giving us five-star ratings and leaving comments. You do that on iTunes because that's how they say whether or not your podcast is worth a damn. So thanks for everybody who's done it, and everybody else, please keep doing it. Okay, moving on, Will. That was not an insert either. That was just a natural conversation to start this podcast. Correct. And before we get into the Broncos news, I wanted to address some comments that I noticed this, this last week about my content, Will and I's podcast. Uh, just some really hurtful <clears throat> things that uh, I needed to air out. So the first one is coming from a Reddit user, Colorado John Q., and like I mentioned, I think before, the, the, the comments that are both complimentary and then just slam on me are the ones that uh, hurt the most. So on Reddit, John said, uh, and this was one of my video posts that somebody put up in Reddit, uh, my favorite place on earth. Well, I've tried to watch this several times. And while I think this dude and myself would have a great time hanging out and probably be good friends, I just am not a fan of his product. <laughs> but one love for Broncos country, not trying to hate. Not trying, but you did a pretty solid job there. Well, you did a really good fucking jo job, John. John Q. Is uh, this is this the same John Q as the Denzel Washington movie where he like holds up a hospital to get his son a heart transplant? Yeah, John Q. That's not even a good that's not even one of Denzel's top ten movies. So suck it. Not at all. Suck it. See, that one hurts. Comments like that hurt because the guy's like, uh, this, me and this guy would probably be friends. I just think he sucks at what he's doing. <laughs> Basically what he just told me. No offense. Like, I think you're a, you're a fine dude, but like, 
everything you everything you make is just garbage. Yeah. So, but uh, I do I do have to give credit to uh, newer D Helmet for coming to my defense, who commented, "I realize that opinions can't be wrong because they're well opinions." That said, you're factually wrong. His videos are objectively awesome, and your brain is throwing a verifiable uh, error code. So, newer D Helmet, thank you very much. I thought that was a great response, a great comment. And nothing got too dirty there, you know? Wasn't too mean-spirited, uh, and I, I agree with newer D Helmet. And uh, uh, the, the other one, the other comment I wanted to talk about, uh, maybe just like the... The, the meanest comment I think I've, I've seen in a long time, and it, it was on uh, the last uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. uh, uh, one of my YouTube videos, and it's from Nug Loker. Nug Loker. Somebody said they looked up Loker, and it's like yeah. a... I think it's something to do with hard drugs. Yeah, like a meth pipe or some, something. I don't know what the fuck it is, because uh, I only do soft drugs. Yeah. We don't endorse meth on this podcast. Yeah. Yeah. No. Until yeah. big meth gets in our pockets and starts giving us those ad dollars, then maybe. But this episode then. sponsored by yeah. meth. <laughs> so <laughs> Nug Nug Loker, he wrote to me, bro, I give it to you for chasing your dream, <laughs> but you should go to Plan B. You're overly corny and your attempts at humor fall flat. Time to reassess. Now your your yeah. overly corny. Your is the wrong your. Uh, I believe he spells reassess wrong. Yes. Um, and that one, man, he's, he told me to give up on my dreams. <laughs> like, what can, what can you say to some stranger that's, like, tougher than that? Just yeah. give up on your dream because you suck at it, you fucking idiot. That's, that's what I love. That's the way I saw that comment. What is plan B, though? Like, I don't have one anymore. This exactly. I'm all in, Will. It's I'm like it's lay down in plan B at this point is like lay down in the gutter and wait to die. Yeah. I mean, this is it. Like I've spent five years working on this. It'd be really hard for me to <laughs> yeah. go back to a regular job with a regular boss. What does this guy expect? Like you just read it and you're like, damn. Well, yeah, what are he's what he's got a point. He's got a point. <laughs> I should really just pack it in. It's, uh, you got to be thin skinned, you know, or uh, if you're thin skinned, you're going to let those things crush you. Like, yes. honestly, I'm at a point where I've seen so much. I've, well, most people are really supportive and that's what makes it easy. But I've seen enough of this stuff where you don't think about it at all. It's, it's, I find it really funny. And I like, I tweeted the Nug Loker one saying like <laughs> it was my, my dad commenting on my videos again. Uh, like I, I think these are actually hilarious, but it's uh, I think you bring up a point like, what's the intent behind it? Like, I'm going to read that and go, you know what? Mm, time to reassess my life. Like if somebody told me like to stop making religious jokes or something and that I should go to church, I'm going to be like, you know what? This Sunday, I'm going to be back in, in, in well, back. I'm going to be in church and change <laughs> everything about the way I live my life because of that comment. It's just, uh, I don't know. It's a funny I don't know. It's a funny thing. Comments. I think, yeah. So honestly, like the most hurtful comment to me last week was, uh, so we were talking about for like the first five or six minutes um, about my trip to Mexico 
and, you know, encountering HGH. And, you know, just like a little, like, personal talk, just like kind of, you know, shooting the shit for the first few minutes of the podcast. And then someone commented, podcast starts at six minutes with the timestamp. <laughs> Fuck you, dude. <laughs> Fuck you, man. That, I mean, you can't win, you know? No. We're like, hey, uh, you guys should talk more about, like, what's going on in your life to start the show. Like, just have some banter back and forth. And then you do that, and somebody else is like, Fuck that. Yeah. I just want to hear about football, you idiots. And then if you don't talk about the Broncos enough, they're like, I came here for the Broncos. Why are you talking about the NFL, yeah. you fucking idiot? <laughs> That's my thing is, like, if you're really, like, here just for the Broncos, and, like, you're just here to get, like, that that big-time football fix, like, injected right in your veins. Like, I don't know why this would be the first place you go to, first of all. I do. Oh, I mean, We're just the like, best, like, Will. We're the best. Okay, no, I think I, I – yeah. No, I get – no, you're totally right. You're totally right. <laughs> um I'm just trying to self-promote, you know what I mean? But Yeah. You know, I take back my comment. Uh, actually, we're the best for we're, – we're the best at everything. You want the real news? You come here, okay? You want the uh, fake news? Also come here. The, it's like I just wish if somebody didn't like it, they just didn't watch. But what's strange it to me is like people watch and then tell you how much they hate you. That's yeah, the world then, we live in. And then watch again next week to see again, if we brought up their comment. Right. Uh, 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 and see, that's, that, that helps me. It's genius. Um, and again, 95% of the people are really supportive. If mm -hmm. I didn't have that, I would have failed and given up a long time ago. I think I was a little sensitive to these because we've teased in this podcast. I might have had some big news. Um, I was in the process for getting a job at ESPN to write for Katie Nolan's show, her new show on ESPN+. Plus. Uh, called uh, Always Late with Katie Nolan, and it's a comedy sports show. I applied for a whim because somebody on Twitter told me to as for a, a writer for sports comedy, and I was like, I could do that. And I got, I got very far in the process and thought I was going to be possibly moving to New York, and it didn't happen. ESPN got, got a good enough look at me, and they said, mm, no, <laughs> you're not good enough. So I see these comments, and they just sting a little more. Because it's not just them; it's the corporate world and the fans. So, well, on the on the bright side, like, do you really want to pay twenty five hundred dollars a month for two hundred square feet in New York? No, I mean, exactly. and it was like three thousand dollars a month for. Yeah. Like, yeah. The good news is, like, Cute closet. Yeah, I wasn't intending to do it. It just kind of happened. Uh, I'm all in on this channel. Like, that was the plan for the season. So we'll get into talking Broncos now. Uh, one more comment was Alex uh, DeHarsh. De and he said, I'm scared the Broncos may never make another Super Bowl unless they steal a Colts quarterback. So, yeah. And that's true because John Elway yeah. drafted by the Colts, Peyton Manning played for the Colts. So we need Andrew Luck to win a Super Bowl unless – we dipped into the Vikings water and Case Keenum is, as you have put it, looks like the real deal Holyfield, Will. Um, why don't you update everybody on the Case Keenum hype that's been happening at Broncos camp? Uh, yeah, so essentially um, he's looking like Joe Montana, basically. Um, no, but like he hasn't thrown an interception. Well, yeah, he went like the first four or five practices without throwing an interception. Um, he's getting the ball out quickly. Uh, he's basically, you know, everything we haven't had 
since 2014, and it's really refreshing and nice to hear. And it's also really, really nice not to have to hear about a quarterback competition every day, like mostly a contrived quarterback competition. Right. Um, I'm actually was writing about that for today's video, like my recap for camp. And I agree, it's nice not to hear about it, but I feel like the the media's pitching it like as this uh, giant burden lifted off the players' shoulders in that them having to answer questions about the quarterback was the one of the hardest things they had to deal with last two years in camp. Like people asking, who's your quarterback? Who's your quarterback? Like that was really hard for the players. And uh, I don't know. <laughs> How am I? I can't tell you. I the in the. I mean the. Someone the, just like swallows cyanide just because he, he can't. No more. Can't take it anymore. No more of these questions. I'm getting paid to answer, yeah. and I know how to answer it because they have told me several times how we address this situation. <laughs> but the, I mean, the truth underneath it is that they have a quarterback, and that's the real burden lifted off of everybody's shoulders. And I think you can see it in the players, like. Emmanuel Sanders, I think, has been very excited. Chris Harris Jr. has been positive. Like, the defense, I think, notices it. And, obviously, the receivers are noticing, like, a difference already. And, uh, you know, I think it maybe leads into the next thing we're going to talk about. Like, the rookie receivers are looking good. Um, and they are probably very good. And it helps that they have a competent quarterback getting them, them the ball. Uh, so how excited are you right now? Because next to Case Keenum, I'd, I'd list it like this for Broncos camp in terms of uh, overexcitement. Because let's remember, they've had two days of padded practice, and they're basically just taking <laughs> dropbacks and throwing footballs, which I did the other day with my friend, and I looked pretty fucking good too. And I hadn't thrown a football in months. Ah, but, so, but were you wearing pads? Uh, I was wearing a helmet. Okay. But that's because uh, that's safety issues now. Yeah. Uh, Case Keenum won on the hype train. Sorry, I'm trying to put my hand in the right place. Cortland Sutton, two. And then Philip Lindsay, number three. And then oh, yes. four, yeah. Deshaun Hamilton. Okay, I think it's Cortland Sutton at one. Ooh. Then Keenum at two. Um, Hamilton, yeah, I think he's – I don't know. Hamilton's not getting a ton of hype. I think, like, people who actually really know football are like, this guy is good because, like, he knows what to do on the field and, like, he's a great route runner and everything and he's got a high football IQ. But that's not going to get, like, a ton of hype from the fans because he's not going up in the corner of the end zone, like, high-pointing footballs. Right. Um, It's something that, like, we're going to notice, like, in the preseason, but it might not get people super excited right now. Uh, And then Philip Lindsay, like – on day one of training camp, Philip Lindsay's stock was through the roof. We right. haven't really heard about him since, but I assume he's still, you know, doing the same kind of things. Yeah, he's going to get a lot of uh, attention being a Colorado guy, uh, born yeah. and bred, and playing at CU. Um, so, I like, it's hard because as a fan, I'm getting just as excited as everybody oh, yeah. else, right? Like you hear seven different members of the media or read them all tweeting the same thing. Like, Oh, crazy catch by Cortland Sutton in the end zone. Again, no pads. Uh, you know, what, who's the defensive back? He's making the catch over, uh, again, no pads, just practice. But like 
you see the raw, the raw talent there, right? You see him looking like an athletic freak. Uh, I think it's easy to get excited about that. I'm going to be reserved until probably the third preseason game where we get a good look at, at you know, the starters for the longest period of time. Um, but I think, I think it is really hard to, to judge a wide receiver at, at training camp because the, the physicality really, I mean, maybe with the, the joint practices with the bears, but my Cody Latimer always looked good in training camp. So oh, yeah. And it's not, right. And it's not just like their, their skill. It's like how often are they going to actually get the ball in game situations? Um, because, you know, Peyton Manning wasn't throwing the ball to Cody Latimer. Uh, Trevor Simeon, Paxton Lynch, Brock Osweiler, like they couldn't get past really their first reads. So uh, I want to see how often a guy like Cortland Sutton actually gets on the field, how many balls he's going to get thrown his way. And if I start seeing that in, in game action, like, He's been compared to Randy Moss. He's been compared to yeah. AJ Green. Like it, it's all an upside, but it's if he pans out, if Deshaun Hamilton pans out, if Bradley Chubb's as good as like he should be, like this could be an excellent draft for the Broncos. By the end of the season, we could look back and go, "Oh fuck, Elway shifted uh, directions and went from drafting horribly to having a great draft." And with guys that were drafted last year, hopefully some of them get better and we don't look at that draft as being as shitty as, as we currently do. Uh, Carlos Henderson looks like he's not going to ever return, uh, so that might be a bust. But for young players, like the Broncos right now kind of have a good mix of a lot of young talent with you know veterans on the team, and hopefully I think that's the real like solid mix for a successful football team. You need a lot of young guys that play well, like we saw with the Saints last year, and then you need those veteran guys like Demarius Thomas or and Chris Harris on the defense, and uh, hopefully they're as awesome as uh, they practice. Yeah, no, it, it feels like right now, and just like based on early returns, which – you know, you can't be sure really um, how they're going to pan out come game time or like come the regular season. But right. it looks like a team that's like built to succeed for the next three or four years at least. Yeah, it uh, could be. Depending if, on. If Keenum's good, like, and the Broncos lock him down to a longer term deal, it will be, that'll be, that'll be great for the organization. Uh, training camp, though, to me is like being. 15 and being really good at masturbating and think you're going to yeah. be good at sex. Like, let's, Doesn't always translate. <laughs> let's see when the sex starts, which is the regular season. Yeah. And it's not week one either. Week two. Like week one to me is the most unpredictable week in all of football because even the good teams still are like figuring shit out and they can get blown out that first week. So week two, we'll, we'll see if the Broncos are good at sex. Just like yeah. we did last year when they beat the Cowboys and that was wrong. So, <laughs> yeah, they're very yeah they're very good at sex for the first three weeks of the season, or two weeks I guess, and then they just kind of you know blew their load so to speak. Uh, uh, what were you gonna say? <laughs> go ahead, go ahead. Uh, so what was I gonna say? Oh yeah, yeah. I'm like the more I like I know it is training camp. But, like the more I see. Cortland Sutton getting talked about and like just the way that the veterans are talking about him and how reporters are talking about him. 
it really makes you wonder how he fell so far and whether it was just because, you know, he was an SMU guy rather than, I don't know, like an SEC guy or a Big Ten guy or a Pac-12 guy. Probably. And just got, you know, an incredible steal. In I also think NFL scouts uh... – like they're people, so they're unpredictable, and the way they evaluate things varies. And correct, they miss guys all the time. It's why, it's why the fucking Broncos took Brock Osweiler instead of you know Russell Wilson, or they drafted Paxton Lynch instead of waiting for like Dak Prescott, or I don't know anything. Like you, just too many factors that make it unpredictable. Um, yeah. The the one thing I'll say, like the difference right now, and it, again. It's early. Is uh, no nobody was talking about any Broncos receivers really this uh, positively last year. Maybe like Khalif Raymond was getting overhyped, <laughs> but uh, it was mostly all negative. Right, and you know the quarterback competition really was like stealing the show. And mm-hmm. even then, like it was mixed reviews on anybody getting reps at the QB position. So. Positive consistently about Case Keenum. He's been smart with the ball. He's been putting uh, the ball in places where only his guys can catch it. Uh, So those are all nice little things to have. I think Vance Joseph has an opportunity because of Case Keenum solely to be like the most improved coach of, (laughs) uh, of the year. So I think something people aren't talking about is like this might translate to success for Vance Joseph. And we might get a better idea of what kind of coach he is if he actually has a quarterback. Um, so we'll kind of see how things shape up. And I think that's really it for Broncos news right now. Nothing crazy has happened. Injuries have been minor. So that's all positive. So we're going to jump into NFL news. And this is our NFL news transition. Let's do it. NFL. Man, okay. Solid transition, Will. <laughs> Anyway, Eric Decker has signed a one-year deal with, wait for it, the New England Patriots. On a scale of one to not surprised at all, how not surprised are you? Oh, I'm not surprised at all, Will. So one or ten? What am I doing? How how do you rank it? I said one to not surprised at all. Okay. So I'm uh, not surprised at all one. Okay. Make that confusing. Mm. Yeah, it was <laughs> really it was, any, any number works. It was reported, you know, he'd been talking to them. Uh, and let's be honest, Eric Decker is a perfect fit in New England. Yeah. To catch footballs. One, he is white. Two, he is handsome. Uh, basically, those are the two most important things you need to be to be a wide receiver for the Patriots. A handsome white guy. Uh, it, you know, it's because we, we've addressed that Tom Brady is, uh, extremely racist. So that's a big reason behind it. Um, and right. you know, I think Eric Decker, free agent, maybe one of the better available free agent wide receivers. He's a smart sure, player. Sure Des Bryant. <laughs> right. Uh, Des Bryant would never fit in new England. Um, it, that's a place that demands discipline, right? And right now, the Broncos training camp, players are excited. People are having fun. It's the thing you would never see at a Patriots training camp. 
The more we learn about it, the more we see that it is miserable for players, but it results to wins on the field. So that's why they put up with it. Eric Decker going there. Uh, he spawned the Big Dick Player Award. Like season he one, is. season one of That's Good Broncos. I call them Big Dick Decker in an episode. Just like a throwaway under my breath sort of a line. And it got a ton of comments, so I was like, well, better say that again. And it had turned into an award. And to see him go to the Patriots feels not just like a betrayal to Broncos, but to me, to the, the big dick player. Like, I was fine watching him in New York and Tennessee, and then he goes to my fucking sworn enemy. I just – I don't feel good about it, and I think he's going to do well there. I think – Yeah. What is he going to be, like, the third receiver or fourth? Well, yeah, so we should mention that the reason they signed him is because uh, Jordan Matthews got hurt, and they – I think they cut him. Yeah, with a bad hamstring. He's on a one-year deal. Uh, they didn't put him on IR. They just, you know, released him. So, he's in New England now, so he's not going to be able to spend too much time in the sun anymore. So, they'll get nice and pale, just what they like. Um, be as pasty as possible. Yeah, um, so we were saying this before the show, too. Like, this could end up being a situation where he's really good and he has, like, 1,300 yards receiving and 12 touchdowns. Or it could be a situation like with, I don't know, Reggie Wayne or Chad Johnson or, you know, you think about, like, a lot of veteran free agents that they've signed in the past that just, like, never panned out. Right. Um, they barely get on the field. Yeah, but, <clears throat> I think it's – because basically right now in the – the Patriots roster, their, you know, their receivers are Edelman, uh, Chris Hogan, and then that third spot, uh, Corderell Patterson is competing there. He doesn't uh, seem like a fit at all for them. I don't know. I mean, athletically he does, but yeah, I mean, he's not. He's not a route runner at all. It's, uh, you know, behind him, maybe Malcolm Mitchell, uh, Philip Dorsett. Uh, so, I mean, those are the guys – Decker's going to be competing against to get on the field. Uh, if you're starting three receivers are Decker, Hogan, and Edelman, I mean, at this point, are they all just going to be running crossing routes? I mean, that's basically all they fucking throw in New England anyway. Uh, so I quarter, uh, Patterson's like probably their downfield threat now, I guess, but – <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't know if Decker will get on the field. It's a mystery, but I feel like if he does, he's he's going to get a lot of balls there. He did decent in Tennessee. I think they'll use him in the red zone because he's a big dude. Like, yes, nice target to have in the red zone. Uh, and but I don't wish him well. So yeah, he's also definitely lost a step in the last few years. Yeah, he's uh, doesn't have his yeah. quickness, and he was never like the fastest guy anyway. But he could get separation back in the day, but um, I, I really he can't. Trip, he, he would get separation and trip over his own feet on the way to the end zone. Uh, feet or trip over his dick a couple times. As I pointed out. Yeah. <laughs> I can't wait for the Patriots to roll out. Um, I'm just going to – I'm going to call it their Blitzkrieg offense with uh, Rex Burkhead, James Devlin, Chris Hogan, Julian Edelman, and Eric Decker. Oh, and Rob Gronkowski all at the same time. It's going to be really something to watch. <laughs> <laughs> so much speed there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, uh, speaking, of, Patriots. <laughs> speaking of tight ends, I watched a, a video, 
It was an NFL Network interview with Kyle Rudolph, and uh, they asked him what the difference was between Case Keenum and Kirk Cousins. The title of the video was um, uh, Kyle Rudolph details the difference between Case Keenum and Kirk Cousins. I was like, oh, cool. Like, I wanted, I really wanted to know, like, what he thought might be, like, the differences. Like, oh, you know, I don't know. Keenum extends plays a little bit. Uh, you got to stay on your routes longer or, you know, I don't know. I wanted to see something. And he, <laughs> he detailed nothing about the differences between them. They asked him the question and he gave like the most pros pro answer saying, you know, it's really just about uh, you adjusting to a new quarterback, making sure you knew, learn your responsibilities. It's not just a quarterback. We got a new offensive coordinator. So I'm learning that system uh and it was the most misleading disappointing video details the difference and he said jack shit about it so it it pissed me <laughs> off because i thought like i was gonna get some insights about two guys uh that could have been broncos quarterbacks we now have keenum and i know uh kyle rudolph has taught has taught me nothing uh, about the differences between those quarterbacks. So. Yeah, he's like, uh, well, Case Keenum, he's a really nice guy. Kirk Cousins is also a really nice guy. Uh, doesn't cheat on his wife, definitely. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, I'll tell you. I'll, I'll tell you what I think the difference is between Case Keenum and Kirk Cousins. Like seriously, uh, I think Kirk Cousins. If you're building an offense around him, like you just want an offense that's built on speed because he's got the arm to get the ball to the sideline and, and get the ball deep to those guys. Like, he really excelled when his receiving core was made up of Deshaun Jackson, Pierre Garçon, Jamison Crowder, those guys. Whereas with Case Keenum, he has a little bit – I don't know, he has a tougher time firing the ball to the sidelines. Like it gets there a little bit slower than someone like Kirk Cousins or, I don't know, someone like Andrew Luck who gets the ball to the sidelines really quick. So you want a guy like – like the receivers in Minnesota were perfect with Adam Thielen, Stephon Diggs, guys that had huge catch radiuses and could go up and get the ball and shield defenders from the ball. Basically perfect because the ball is not always going to be right there on the sideline for him with a guy – you know, as opposed to a guy like Cousins. So I think the Broncos actually did a really good job getting guys who can go up and, and make acrobatic catches and shield defenders um, and, and basically do all the things that Diggs and Thielen could. And, like, throwing Cortland Sutton to that mix, like, I think he's a perfect right. receiver for Case Keenum. Yeah, I think Keenum actually is going to have more – he's going to have offensive receiving weapons that fit him. He's going to have more of them, I think, in Denver because outside of Thielen and Diggs in terms of wide receivers, those were those are really the guys, right? So yeah. – here you've got Sutton and Hamilton as possible options. Uh, the question marks, you know, are going to be like Jake Butt, the tight end stuff. But uh, I think that's a, a pretty solid evaluation on the differences between the guys. Um, mm -hmm. Also, we don't know if Case Keenum uh, does or does not cheat on his wife. Exactly. I would assume, I, I would assume he doesn't, but there's, you know, there's no way of knowing at this point. You, you just can't know. Uh, yeah. Maybe mid-season I'll dress up like a, an attractive woman and see if I, mm -hmm. I can seduce him, you know, get some sort of feel like, is he a good guy? Is he going to try to have sex with a beautiful woman that right. he meets at, you know, 
Um, TJ Maxx? I don't know. I was going to say a bar, but I don't think Case Keenum goes to a lot of bars. No, we we, we shop at Ross, uh, Uh Coles, Keenum and I, so I'll pick him up there. Um, Even after that contract, he's still going to, like, Marshalls. (laughs) Right. Um, Yeah, and then I saw a video about the new helmet rule, too. Uh, and I just wanted to give people the, 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 how the rule's written. So basically, it's going to be a penalty. Well, a player could get ejected if any of the, the three happen. Okay, so if a guy, if a defender delivers a hit with an unobstructed path to the, uh, his opponent and uses his head, um, if the player lowers his helmet to establish a linear body posture prior to hitting uh, a player, or if contact was clearly avoidable and a player had options other than delivering a blow to the head. Now that one's, that one's interesting. If contact was clearly avoidable, Sounds the like whole a point is to make fucking contact <laughs> for, a, for a tackle. And I assume they mean contact to the head, but uh, I don't know. It's, this just feels like it's going to be a mess this season. Like this is last year's catch rule, basically the way I see it. And it's, it's going to be good for us guys who talk about football, because I feel like every week there's going to be one or two controversial hits that affect possibly affect games, especially with the ejection rule that I can talk about. And a bunch of people are going to be pissed off just like me and watch uh, the, the videos or the commentary. But uh it and i get the point of trying to be safer but like lowering your head like you're 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 that's what you do you hit players with your shoulder so even when you go in like like your head drops i don't know it's gonna be thanks for the tutorial it's it's so subjective they've already had issues with refs explaining the fucking rule to the 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 eagles two different refs said a hit was illegal and the other guy said it was legal. So I don't know. It feels like a mess. I don't think it is going to actually make things too much safer. Uh, And I'm not optimistic about it. Yeah. I mean, here's the thing. Like you're never going to legislate the violence and like, to put it bluntly, like you're never going to, you're never going to get head trauma out of football the way football is right now. It's it's kind of unavoidable. Like you want to minimize it as much as you can, but to a certain extent, it's going to happen from time to time. And the best you can do is just try to minimize it and try to make things safer. But I think this is probably going to result in a lot of confusion, a lot of frustration, a lot of more so than an actual concussion. Will. <laughs> some would say some might say that yeah there's gonna be a lot of missed tackles i think uh, a lot of guys getting ejected it's gonna be kind of like the college football rule where they they go back and review it and they see if you know there was malicious intent or whatever and throw a guy out of a game after you know looking in a looking at a replay for 30 seconds uh it's it's gonna make things really tough for defenders like everybody yeah. wants to make football like rugby where you're ta- tackling guys um, with your shoulder and, and wrapping guys up as opposed to like hitting guys and getting them down just based on like the force of your body as a projectile. That's tough to do. It's tough to 
rewired defensive players' mindsets because the game is so fast and it's so, you know, it's such a split-second type of game that, you know, sometimes, like, you just got to get guys down the only way way you can. let's Let's be honest. The best hits are when a target is defenseless. So correct. I don't know. It's just it's tricky. It'll be interesting to watch. Football is actually happening tonight. Will we've got oh, yeah. the, the Hall of Fame game with the Bears and the Ravens? I've got my William the Refrigerator Perry shirt on uh, to support it. the Bears today. Um, Love it. It's the only Bears shirt I own. Uh, the Hall of Fame game to me is usually the least interesting game next to maybe the fucking Pro Bowl. It's an early preseason game, so I feel like teams are even more cautious about playing anybody relevant. But tonight, I think, could be interesting just for the fact that we might get to watch, uh, get a good dose of Lamar Jackson playing quarterback for the Ravens. Uh, so that's Wait, kind of Playing quarterback? You know I mean wide receiver? Uh, no, he might be doing – he'll throw a pass to himself. I want RG3 to throw a deep ball to Lamar Jackson tonight. There you go. That would that'd make my day. Is RG3 a raven or a bear? No, he's a raven. Okay. Yeah. I can't keep up. Like, I, I, I just can't remember all of this stuff. Um, yeah, it's not like it's your job or anything. Who do you think will be better, the ravens <laughs> or the bears? Trick question. It's, the, it's definitely probably the ravens. <laughs> Ah, that's a good question because I like Matt Nagy, who the Bears hired this offseason. Um, I've, I've always liked Mitch Trubisky, and they look like they've gotten some weapons around him with Allen Robinson and, and Trey Burton and those guys. Um, still waiting for Kevin White to step up. Uh, it'll happen one of these years. Isn't he? Is he healthy? <laughs> I don't. I don't think he's ever been healthy, to be honest. Yeah, he was out last season, right? Yeah, you could just say that about any season, and it would be true, I think. Uh, okay, yeah, Kevin White. Interesting. Uh, the You might be right. I think the Bears' defense was decent last year. Yeah. Uh, like, I mean, the question is obviously Trubisky. Uh, I think he'll definitely be better not being head coached by John Fox. Uh, you're right, Matt. Nagy, Nagy, he uh, he's a better offensive fit for a guy with the skill set like Trubisky. Yeah. So okay, fair enough. Um, we'll see. We'll see. I mean, we'll see if they can sign their first round pick, which uh, looks like an uphill battle right now for the Bears. Ron <laughs> Smith. It 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 happens. You know, always uh, like I'm not a you know I'm not a front office guy necessarily, but if I can give them any word of advice generally a good idea to sign your first round pick yeah the chargers struggle with that every year though too yeah never easy for the chargers looks like injuries are biting the chargers ass again um what else is new so uh and okay so the hall of fame induction ceremony that's this weekend we've got who's going in refresh my brain all right so we've got the aforementioned terrell owens and then you've got Terrell Owens' main competition at wide receiver through the 2000s, Randy Moss, um, in addition to Ray Lewis, Brian Erlacher, Brian Dawkins, 
who was a Bronco for three years. Right. And then the older guys, Jerry Kramer, who played for the Packers back in the 60s with Vince Lombardi. Robert Brazil. I'm not entirely sure who he played with. I want to say the Oilers, but I might be wrong. Yeah, that's a name I don't know. And Bobby Bethard, who is uh, who was the front office guy for the 72-73 Dolphins and is also uh, the grandfather of C.J. Bethard, who's the quarterback for the 49ers. Okay, very cool. Uh, it's not Pat Bowen, but uh, no. <laughs> glad the fucking Dolphins guy got in. Yeah, well, one of these any day now, we'll we'll get Pat Bowen in there. Do you do you like watching the Hall of Fame if like a a like a Broncos not going in or a player like all these guys I think deserve to be in the Hall of Fame. Uh, I mean, but like, I don't know. I'm not ex. I'm not. I don't get excited to watch it. Like, their speeches are really really long. Um, we got some. We got some pretty good speeches last year. Like, um, obviously, both of us wanted to see Terrell Davis. And yeah. I think you know, no matter what he said, we were gonna like his speech. Great job, Terrell! Best speech I ever heard, except for John Elway's and Shannon Sharp's and uh, Gary Zimmerman. I can't wait for Von Miller's speech. I think that's gonna be great in you know, fifteen years. Yeah, it'll be streamed uh, directly into our brains for yeah. some sort of app, new Apple technology where their company crosses the $10 trillion mark. Apple, worth over a trillion dollars now in market value. Who would have thunk it? Hey, yeah, so yeah. reference to not football stuff, Will. Hey, it, easy on that. It, <laughs> easy there. Somebody's going to complain about that. What, what the fuck are you talking about, Apple? We don't want people tuning out. God forbid you say anything even – semi-political but i don't want to i don't want to start that i don't want to start yeah. that people gave me shit for my xbox you know oh like ps4 guys or yeah gamers are passionate man <laughs> wow uh maybe get a life uh but yeah so back to the hall of fame i thought Ladanian tomlinson as much as uh i hated him as a player i thought he gave a really good speech last year uh brett Favre was two years ago right i'm Something gonna say like that. i'm gonna answer my own question and say yes uh, Morton Anderson, who was one of like two kickers in the Hall of Fame, I thought had a really, really good speech last year. And then Jason Taylor, I think, was pretty good too. So, okay, fine. I mostly you. watched for Terrell Davis, but I ended up enjoying a lot of the speeches. So, here's the difference you really like the Hall of Fame, you like the speeches. I get bored with them. That's I don't know if I'm going to watch this year, though, because I sure as fuck am not going to watch Ray Lewis. Um, I Why? Might watch- he covers up murders, probably, or does them? Either or you or. Just don't like him. Well, I mean, <laughs> it's hard to separate the two. <laughs> you know. I guess I mean, out of all of these guys, honestly, I'm going to be most interested to see what To says, and he's not going to be doing it at the Hall of Fame. That's fair. That's fair. Next to that, I think Randy Moss might be the most interesting. Yeah. Well, no, I think. If I I would say Brian Dawkins is going to give the best speech. Yeah, and like he was he was still good. Like he's not one of those guys who you're like, oh, I can't even remember that he played for the Broncos. He was very good on the Broncos in 2009 and 2010. Yeah, and then a little bit in 2011, but that was kind of where he fell off, uh, understandably. Uh, and then yeah, you got Jerry Kramer, who part of that Packers team, who like old, old, old 
pro football writers have been bitching about him not being in the Hall of Fame for like 50 years now. Because so this, this will make them happy. Yeah, everyone from that Packers team needs to be in the Hall of Fame. Every, like yeah. every writer who still actually writes for a newspaper and does sports yes. will have an article about him. Yeah, Peter, yeah. Peter King's just licking his chops right now. <laughs> Joe, Hor- Joe Horgan's can't contain himself. Yeah, they're not going to rest until, like, the third string outside linebacker on that 64 Packers team has a gold jacket. Right. Okay, well, let's wrap this podcast up with the final topic. Let's Uh, do it. This has been a weird – not weird, just – okay, so Baker Mayfield and Tyrod Taylor, they have an RV at training camp that only they're allowed into, right? Correct. And nobody knows what's inside. No one except Tyrod, Baker, and God. Okay. So what's your what's your theory? What do you think's inside the, the RV? So I think it's just their their like clubhouse. Like I think it's like a tree house for like ten year old boys. Like they're um, playing some video games, maybe um, talking about you know which girls are cute, who they have a crush on. Um, yeah, I think it's just a, a place where guys can be guys. Okay. Also, also, maybe meth. Well, I think uh, I think you're wrong. Okay, lay it on me. I think what's in that RV, Will, are the dead bodies of every previous Browns quarterback, mm-hmm. and Baker Mayfield and Tyrod Taylor perform nightly seances, Satan-like rituals to rid the Browns of the curse that has been their quarterback conundrum. They are sending the souls of those former quarterbacks into hell where they most certainly belong. And once they free the city of those spirits, uh, one of those guys, Tyrod or Baker, will finally have success in Cleveland as a quarterback. And if you know anything about witchcraft, the best place to do it is in an RV. Uh, (laughs) It's a mobile home-like device that if something goes wrong, you can just drive away from trouble. Uh, And you can keep it dark in there and nobody's going to know what's going inside. So I I did get that from a a source, a Browns beat writer. So take it for what it's worth. You can just say anonymous source. Uh, anonymous source. His name is Gary uh, Smith. <laughs> Old Gary Smith always giving me the scoops. Yeah, so maybe a little bit of a yeah, not quite like a Rosemary's Baby situation, but right, trying to cast out demons. Like they've got yeah, I don't know. Kelly Holcomb's body strung up and trying to you know expel some some dark forces. Yeah, they turned Tim Couch into an actual couch in there. Uh, Brady Quinn, they just – I mean, they, they actually embalmed Brady Quinn so that they can look at his perfect body and face all the time. Yeah. Turn, turn Derek Anderson into a bearskin rug. Right. And uh, so that's basically what it is, and that's basically the end of this podcast. Yeah. Please, what I want to know from anybody listening who's made it this far, what do you think is in – the RV. What do you think's in the Browns quarterback RV? Let us know in the comments. Uh, 
again you can listen to this on podbean itunes where the fuck you listen to podcasts it's like a real podcast there's a link in the description here will keys is on twitter at will keys six i'm on twitter at brandon perna uh and thanks for listening we'll be every every thursday we do this every thursday we'll be doing it for the season so that's and we've got we've got a game to preview next week how about that yes we do we can we'll be able to talk about real football fuck yeah Somebody rang my doorbell just looking outside. Uh, It's probably a solicitor. And uh, that's it. Thanks for listening.